0: Show with two retired detectives That were in the thick of New York crime fast and hectic They got some stories
1: and some jokes Even an interview with the most popular folks Off the cuff, off the cuff One episode just saying enough Get a little laughter and an interview too Thing you can do, hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. I'm your host, Bill Cannon, I'm a retired. 27-year veteran of the NYPD, and with me tonight is my co-host, also a retired NYPD detective straight out of Brooklyn, Phil Grimaldi. How are you doing tonight, Phil?
2: I'm doing pretty good, good, Billy, and uh, I'm actually delighted and honored to be uh, on with our guest tonight. I think it's going to be a really good episode.
1: I'm thrilled, too. I mean, you know, we're always doing blood and guts stories and everything, and uh, here they are, this wholesome couple, that is driving around the country with their three kids in a mobile home. I mean, I don't know if I can handle that, but they—they they seem to ha- be having a, a hell of a fun time doing it. Welcome to the show, Jen and Kyle Bethune from Red, White, and Bethune. Hello, guys. Oh,
2: it looks like they're frozen.
1: Like they might be frozen here.
2: <laughs> oh boy, Uh-oh. what a time! What a time for the Wi-Fi to go out right <laughs> at the uh, introduction.
1: I don't see where they are. They got to come back in. Can you guys hear us? Oh, there they are.
2: Sorry, guys. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, we uh, introduced you. We introduced you with all these accolades, and then you didn't hear us. It was like you were the frozen statue, two statues there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, guys.
1: We had had a problem the other night where someone had to use their phone, and it was just like unintelligible, and it was like. I don't have any hair to pull out, so I could pull out my hair, you know. So, uh, so now, i before, when we were off the air, you guys told me that you're in a, an amazing place right now. You but you're in the Florida Keys. Tell us where you are.
4: Yeah, we are in the Florida
1: Keys. Uh-oh, freezing oh. up again. Well, th- I could t- I could finish a sentence. Maybe she'll yeah. unfree. She'll unfreeze. Uh, can you guys hear me? Uh, they're they're in the Florida key- Keys between uh, Isla Marada and I think they said Marathon.
2: I think they called uh, it uh, not Siesta uh, Siesta Key.
1: Uh, oh, Fiesta Key. They're
2: in Fiesta Key. That's
1: Fiesta it. Key. Yes. Can you guys uh, Can you guys hear me? Well, you know, it's the uh, of
2: live TV. huh?
1: I know it's uh, live. I, th- I thought the Isla Morata would at least have good uh, internet in Isla it's, Murata, it's You funny. know,
2: we had them on for a couple of minutes before we went on the air. They were perfect. Everything was great.
1: Man. I know. And now let me see if I remove, if I remove them and put them back in again, if it works out. So they are in Isla Morata, which to me, I went there last April. It's in the Florida Keys. I believe it's the second key. And it's just unbelievably beautiful. You know what I'm going to try to do? I think I'm going to, uh, unless they come right back in. Bill, why don't you work on it? I'll give a little background. How's that? Yeah, sure. I will, I will I was going to play the video of them finding Gabby. Here okay, they before are. Before we do
2: that, I'll just give a little background on. Oh, Can you guys me. hear us? Oh, we got him. We got him. Oh my goodness
4: gracious!
1: I, I, I know. know. He did with Hang Hey now, guys, He's I'm awesome. coming.
4: It wouldn't be you know a day without.
1: Internet. All the fun. There we go. Now you guys are back on the screen.
3: I think we're good now. We should be yeah. okay. Yeah, oh, we're good.
2: You're
1: we're good. All right, that. cool. Oh, my gosh. That's okay, all right. Welcome <laughs> to the show, guys.
2: We got you finally.
1: So I was telling everybody that you're in the Florida Keys. Why don't you tell the, if the uh, folks listening where you are right now?
4: Yeah, we we are in the Florida Keys, and we're hanging out without children. My in-laws actually kept the kids for eight nights so Kyle and I could come down to the Keys and hang out.
1: Wow, do you do you guys know what to do when the kids aren't around?
3: Not really. It's, uh, it's so <laughs> like it's so quiet, and everything stays clean. It's it's kind of a. It's kind of bizarre, honestly.
1: You probably have to reintroduce each other, to, uh, you know, because without the kids around, it's got to be a whole you different really do. life, right? <laughs> you really it's do. Crazy.
3: You really do. You like it, stare around, and look at each other, type
2: thing. It, it, it's funny when I, I have three daughters, and uh, we would complain about them, and then when they weren't around, be we were like, "Where are they? You know, like, bring them back." You know.
1: <laughs> it's, it's it's you know, I, and I was talking about not only do you guys have to get along well with each other. But during most of your your 365 days a year, you have to get along with your three kids who are with you pretty much 24 seven, and that includes homeschooling. And Kyle, you're the uh, you're the homeschooler, right?
3: Yeah, I do the majority of the homeschooling. Um, I, I kind of tend to have a little more patience when it comes <laughs> to that sort of thing than she does. So, but I mean, it's kind of a joint effort, you know. We kind of I'm not a you know I'm a, I'm more of a math person. She's more of a english and uh you know grammar person so we kind of we know our strengths and
1: now kyle are you a teacher by trade
3: no absolutely not no no just um not very educated at all honestly
1: (laughs) yeah but one thing you must do well is repair things because if i was in that mobile home i'd be jumping off (laughs) into off a bridge somewhere because i can't fix anything
3: (laughs) yeah i I, did, I wasn't a trade mechanic as trade but um owning something this old um it takes this much abuse i've kind of gotten pretty handy over the last few years um so yeah i pretty much do the majority of the work on you know we have a lot you know when it breaks down or maintenance we just remodeled our entire kitchen area so we've been pretty i stay pretty busy uh, working on this thing
1: how many miles are on that uh, truck
3: I, it actually doesn't show. I'm sure it's around a million. I mean, it, actually, the the uh, odometer's broke. So I'm sure it's around a million miles or so.
1: I um, know what you guys are going to do. You're going to probably try to sell it. Low mileage. Yeah. <laughs> zero, <laughs> zero, 50,000. 000. You know, it went over a million, and now it's got 50,000. <laughs> Don't give away that secret, Bill. I, that's it. true, yeah, right? you know. But, uh, I mean, I look, I mean, your life has to be. How many years have you been doing this, anyway?
4: It's coming up on two years. Um, Jan- February of 2020 is when we moved into the bus. So okay. we're, we're almost at two years of living in the bus.
3: So we've been wow. RVing for, you know, probably a better part of a decade. Um, but, yeah, just full-time living, travel has been about almost
1: two years. There's this bald-headed guy that wants to come into the uh, into the chat here. So I'm going to let him in. I don't know if you recognize this guy.
0: Let <laughs> me <laughs> 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 I, I love Jen and Kyle And their whole family And I forced Bill to let me come on here And say hello So Merry Christmas to you guys How you doing?
3: Hey, hey great Ron, how's it going? Good
4: Ron, how are you? Yeah. We love you
0: We, I love you back The kitchen and all of the work That Kyle has done I know you try to take some credit for it But he was working his butt off So I'm sticking by you, brother Jen, <laughs> Thank Jen, you Jen yeah, no, she teenagers. she helped me
3: quite a bit, honestly.
0: No, oh, I know she did the upholstering of the seats and does. And yeah, she's, she's there with the goggles on, ready to go. <laughs> um, but I want to say hi to Bill and Phil. You, these guys are great, and I'm so glad that you got together with them. Um, I know that you know all of the world, not just America, loves you guys, and um, oh. you know that fire that is burning inside all of us watching. What you guys did—it'll it, it, never, it'll—the candle will never burn out. So, um, I thought it was important that I came on here uh, and just, to, just to remind you. I mean, we communicate all the time. You know, I'm, 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 I'm like a hemorrhoid. I won't go away. You know. <laughs> but but, but I, I love. Are you a pain in the ass? <laughs> I, I, I am. But you know, I'm in a good way because I watch everything that they do. I, I, I support them on social media. Because I like to support good people, and Jen and Kyle and their whole family—the way that they go about their lives, even before this whole Gabby Petito thing—is just what emulate, what this is what I like, you know. And so for me, I, I think you know it's it was just it was just great that I got to meet them through a tragedy, but if, for me, it's a win-win because they're good people. You know what I mean? Uh and that's uh and that's my takeaway from it. And that's the gift from Gabby Petito that I was able to meet them. That's my gift from her, you know. So you know, we love really you, nice,
2: Ron. That's really nice.
0: Ron, where did you run into them? Was it out on Long Island? Yeah, so um I I you know, as we all did, we saw that footage, right? And I uh, immediately I was already involved with Equisearch with communication with Jimmy Schmidt and he was in in Wyoming, and I was talking to him while he was in his hotel room on text messaging. And we said, you know, if you need a if you need a drone pilot to do the Tetons, we're going to send a team. We had uh, uh, our guy in Texas; he was ready to fly up there. So Gene Robinson, our our main drone pilot, was ready to go. Uh, so I had an open line of communication with them. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward, you know, to what happened with uh, Jen and Kyle, I like everybody else, I was sucked into it, and I was like, oh. You know, if I ever meet these people, I'm going to hug them and I'm not going to let them go. Um, so we had the, the funeral service. Joe, Murray, and, and Angela came to the funeral service. Me and Diane, my neighbor, were there. And, um, you know, I wasn't looking. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think, you know, Jen was going to be there. I didn't know. But I was sitting in the back waiting on the line with everybody else. And um, I saw her do her little sneak in with uh, Theo. Um, she had Theodore with her, and she went around the back where the fire trucks were, and she like, avoided the press, and she went <laughs> in, she, she had her J-Lo glasses on, and she was like, whoosh, right into the back, and I was like, Diane, stay right here. I got to go to the bathroom. I made an excuse that I had to go and use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I went in, and I scoped it out, and it was just for family only, so the, the public was not allowed in, but I went in to use, the, use the bathroom, and I peeked in, and I saw her in there and i was like oh all right that was her that was jen and i said i'm gonna be respectful and hit outside and if i if i if i bump into her i bump into her if i don't you know i'll just tell her i saw her there or whatever um and you know fate had it where i had to go underneath the rope the little like they had like a sheer little like blue like you know keeping the family away from the public you know it was like a little barrier i went under I, I, like any good cop would do i was like I, uh. um, boom underneath the thing and i went to i went to i wanted to shake jimmy's hand because i already spoke to joe i spoke to tara and on uh, nicole but i didn't talk to jo, um, to jimmy and he was over by where where jen was sitting in the back um but i didn't see her right away and i went to jimmy i i said my thing and then as i was exiting i saw her sitting with theo in the couch and I just—it was just like a little thing. I made it really quick because I didn't want her to think, "Oh, this is some weird, creepy guy." And <laughs> I just, you know, I'm Duty Ron, and she's like, "Oh, hi," you know. And and it was—it was just quick, you know. Um, and then the rest is history. We're 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 lifelong buds now, you know. So, um, you
1: know, Duty Ron is like a household name in the uh, podcasting business. I just wanted to ask you guys something: If Duty Ron moved in with you, Kyle, would you homeschool him?
0: <laughs> we have to, we have
4: to, we have we'd have to add another bunk
0: yet so we, we, we would be able to share our CPAP machines because I have the exact same <laughs> I'd have to use that uh, Nomad Power or whatever that power pack yeah. you know for backup power it would be me uh, I'd be on the end Kyle would be in the middle and then Jen would be on the other end <laughs> and that's how it would go down because <laughs> Uh, that's that's how it would happen. I'm not sleeping on any sofa out front. I'm I'm sleeping in the big sleeper. Oh uh, <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, no, you know, Bill. Thank you for letting me come. I'm not gonna. I don't want. What are you
1: kidding me? Uh, you, you duty run has so much to do with um the success of my channel. Uh, even though I am sexy and uh, all of that stuff. But duty <laughs> I, duty got- run is <laughs> duty okay. run has helped me out tremendously and. Uh, Luckily, I ran into Phil Grimaldi, who's been my co-host for the last three months, and Mark DeMeo, my original partner, is doing his own thing on Thursdays on the same channel. So we're, we're, we're having a ball doing this. It's very challenging, as you guys know. You got to keep up, coming up with new ideas, and uh, you, you guys have to come up with new ideas while you're traveling across the country. So it's not easy.
0: Yeah,
4: but No, it's not. Um, but it makes it easier because we literally just film our real life and what goes on. And it's the good, the bad, the ugly. We're a literal shit show on wheels. Like it's just who we are. And so it <laughs> makes it easier to film that when you're yourself on and off camera.
0: The shit show on wheels is awesome because you got me. I am addicted to it. Every Sunday night I'm tuning into these guys. I think, so, I think the one Sunday uh that I missed, um, me and the missus were at a wedding, a rare Sunday wedding. And when I didn't make it, and then I came next Sunday, everybody was like in the chat, like, where were you, guy? <laughs> <laughs> you were absent. I, uh, uh-huh. Kyle had me mocked absent on the uh, homeschooling chart. <laughs> the people.
3: roster, the yeah,
0: homeschooling was, roster. I, was, I was missing an action from the roster.
3: Yeah, the YouTube family is, is very tight. I mean, we have a core group of people that they show up, rain, rain or shine, you know, every week, and we're very grateful for that. And the YouTube community is great.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. Very supportive, very uh engaging. Um, What yeah. I like about Kyle and Jen's community is that Everybody has this common, um, com- it's like a common bond coming together because everybody's into that whole RVing thing and, uh, you know, the, the, the life of traveling. Um, it's, it's a great community of people because they're just so chill. That's my yeah. best description of it is like you can light a campfire and be cold And shivering and have your little cup of, you know, whatever, whatever your favorite adult beverage or coffee or tea or whatever. And you could just hang out and there's no bullshit. It's just like I mean, that's how that's my take. And I'm not even there, but I just envision that's how it goes, you know, having a couple of jokes and a couple of good laughs, adult fun, you know, this, that, the other. And it's it there's no pressure. You know, the whole hustle bustle of life. As we know it, you know, and and as we knew it, now we're retired guys, well, not me so much. But you know, uh, it, they just get to chill and they have a good time, and it's like you know, flying by the seat of the pants. What what's next? Where are we going to go next? Do we go left? Do we go right? Well, <laughs> you no, know Kyle's got the GPS. So yeah,
2: that's real so, reality, uh, Duty Ron, which you're explaining. That's the real reality. You know, a lot of these is. reality shows are choreographed, but yeah. this is real red, white, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you get what you, you get what you
3: get honestly. I mean you, you like she said, we show it all uh, all of our breakdowns, the meltdowns and everything in between
0: yeah and people ask jen all the time are you always so happy like this and she's like oh hell no <laughs> you know i i'm i'm she's like i'm usually really upbeat but you know so we all have our moments she's a human yeah. being. uh it's not always you know uh s- smiles and laughs we all have our trials and tribulations that we go through well um i wanted to ask you guys before i leave um how did how did the remodel go is it complete or do you guys still got stuff to do <sighs> the bulk of it's done um
4: we've got a a few more projects to do once we get back from the keys um we're putting mini splits in we're replacing our air conditioners
3: we're still married though we're
4: yep we're still married so we're we're doing good
0: that's good I saw you got in, you got bikinied up and uh, and Kyle was out there sitting there. He looked like he was lounging out and having a good time. That was God. awesome. I'm referring to their Instagram because, as you guys know, I follow everything that you guys do. So, <laughs> it looked like a great day, um, great you know, great beach day, chilling out along the all the lounge yeah, chairs I going along. I was envying you, and you know, I was like, mm, here I am. It's freezing. I'm freezing. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> And these guys are sitting down in the Keys having a nice cocktail.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. I love
1: the I love the Keys. I, I think it's just the uh, especially area. Isla Isla Morada. I was there. I said I saw it was there last April. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just I I'd, I'd move there if I could. You know. Oh. But, it, uh, it, it,
3: it's amazing there's nowhere else you can visit in the united states that's like it you know it's so so unique and so beautiful but yeah it is very expensive to live here even just to visit here you know it's i don't think we've ate a meal under a hundred dollars at this point you know out so it's very pricey but you know it's kind of it's nice to get away for a few
1: did you guys you know experience the beauty of warm weather did you guys go fishing at all that? that Do you go fishing? We,
3: we haven't. Honestly, we haven't done much. We have <laughs> we, been laying around. The they don't have the
1: kids. They're just chilling. They're chilling out. We have
3: all these, they're they're we, we have all these plans, and then we get down here and we're like, "I'm tired." Let's just, you know. We, we eat and we kind of hang out.
0: You know. Did anybody catch what Jen just said? She goes, "We're just laying around like bums."
3: Yeah. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> what all we've all been doing.
0: Deal. I freaking love for it. you guys. Good for you it. guys. Love it. Hey, where did your
1: Where is your hometown? Uh, where are you from?
4: Uh, For the Tampa Bay area, so I'm from Riverview, Florida, and he's from Dover, Florida, which is like, what, 25 minutes from each other? the Tampa
3: Bay area, kind of the suburbs.
0: All right, so you guys are Floridians. I can see that. And they met on Match.com, I think, right? We did. Wow. Really?
1: Oh, that's Many, many, story. many, many years ago. We we met in the chat room of police off the cuff real crime stories. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, back in, back in 2006, I was on Match.com and so was he. And this guy messaged me three times before I agreed to go out with him. And I don't know why yeah. I didn't the first two times. But on the third time, I was like, all right, third time's a charm. And I went out with him and it was love at first sight. And I came home that night and I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to marry this guy. And she's like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to marry him. And then on our third date, he told me that he loved me and sent me flowers. And
3: yeah, I went all in on that one. Wow. The
4: rest is history. Wow.
0: That was the best online. That's the best online match you can make. My brother met his wife, um, going back to 2001 online. I don't know if it was matched, but it was one of those, you know, matching sites and he's still married and they, they, you know, they have a great family and that's great. You, guys, you guys do too, you know, love can be found online. It's yeah, absolutely, it's, you know, it's kind of a roll the dice kind of thing, but, uh, uh, you know, there's many, many people who, who meet their uh, significant other online. So kudos to you guys. And you see, it's good that you brought me, it's good that I weaseled my way on, Bill, because I know this stuff about them.
1: That's right. You know the whole story. I didn't have to dig
0: deep to get these <laughs> answers, you know. I had to open my case file on that. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> it's good
2: to hear these success stories, though, because it's, it's funny. In my family, my mother-in-law, who had been divorced for like 20 years, and she had been on Match.com, I guess, and a couple of them. And just not, nothing ever panned out. And then about five years ago, she met a gentleman, a retired dentist, and they were just married about two months ago. So, uh, yeah, and they're, and they're both in their 70s. So uh, God bless. it was really, yeah, it was really, uh, awesome. you, you don't think it's possible. But obviously, there's a few success stories right here in front of us. That's mm-hmm. awesome.
0: It's yeah, amazing these two are great great people and you know again you can't uh you can't forget what they did do and no matter how it went down it went down because of them uh you know and all the people who surround them and support them they all had a hand in it as well so you know kudos to to that whole juju that came together to make that happen because the end result was bringing um somewhat of Closure for the Petito and Schmidt family. Uh, we, you know, uh, you were on with me, Bill. You you lost it a little bit there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, you
1: man. You, know, you had was... a moment
0: because we know the importance of that type of evidence and how it wouldn't have happened the way it happened had they didn't didn't capture that. And and Kyle thought he shut the freaking thing off, and he didn't even shut it off so um i think that was part of their 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 son coming through you know and uh, working his magic from up up in heaven and uh, I, I i really feel like that whole situation is as much as they want to just downplay it it was a huge enormous piece of this puzzle um and and you know i'll never forget that i know bill you'll never forget them no, it
1: was amazing Amazing. I don't
0: want to. I don't want to take up all your show. I just wanted to come in here because I wanted to tell these two I love them and Mary, wish them a merry Christmas. Thank yeah, you tell you do, Ron, a video. Yes, love you guys, Bill. Thank you, Phil. I love you guys too, man. You guys are my brothers forever. So thank you for letting me come on. Thank you for coming on, duty. Ron. Merry, Christmas. To you, merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Stay safe. Thank you guys.
4: We love you, Ron.
0: Love you too. <laughs> love, you too. love you too. All right, guys. You want us to
1: take you out of the? Uh, oh, he oh, took goodness. himself out. Oh my God, we so missed duty, Ron. Where did he go? Oh my God! You know? So, what, you know what? What is your? What is your next? Now you got eight days without the kids, right? Now, what is your next adventure?
3: You turning on, sorry,
4: turning
1: on the, turning fan, the, turning the fan. Turning off the <laughs> fan. Sorry, it's our life. It's just crazy.
4: This is this is what you get when you go live with us.
3: they' going on? All right. these guys are probably like why the hell are you running an air conditioner
1: <laughs> <laughs> no oh, you're in the you're in the keys
3: <laughs> it's hot i mean it's day it's like the days are in the low 80s the nights get in the low 70s but the the air is so heavy and so humid uh yeah it's just that air runs all the time
2: <laughs> it's actually a warm day here in the northeast It was like 65 degrees earlier today it was like that is morning. warm yeah. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow and, and by the weekend, it's going to be back to normal, like in the forties, but uh it was beautiful today. Yeah. It was really, really nice. Yeah, like awesome. t-shirt weather, but uh
3: yeah.
2: You you know, going back to, to Gabby Petito, I, I just wanted to really say something about it. Ron really, you know, he struck a point when he talked about how you guys really uncovered probably the most important piece of evidence in that whole case. But uh, I got to tell you, Bill and I did a lot of shows on it and we all became very, very connected with her. It was like we knew her. I'm getting the chills even saying it because seeing her face, her beautiful face and the videos over and over... Uh, the night that her remains were recovered, I'll never forget it. We had dinner in my house and my children. I have two college age daughters and one's in uh senior in high school. We all we're, everybody knew about it. So not only, you know, the, uh, the YouTube world, everybody was talking about it. it was obviously an international story, but the night that she was found and identified, I'll never forget it. And we all just, we lost it for a second. You know, we all got choked up. It was, uh, it was like, I don't know, we built a friendship with, with her over that, that few weeks, you know, and uh, you guys being there, um, capturing that was so, so important. Duty, Ron brought up about, you know, evidence collection and stuff like that. And I think what it did also, probably more importantly, is that family, the the Petito and the Schmidt family, they, they had to be pulling their hair out of their heads. And it gave them, all right, you know, she, she wasn't with us anymore, but it was like uh, the beginning of, you know, let's, you know, we're going to find out what happened now. And they knew where she was and they could bring her home. And, uh, I don't think that that's closure. I don't believe in, in, you know, when you lose a loved one like that, I don't believe in, in closure. I believe that maybe it gives you a little bit of comfort, a little bit of peace, but, uh, you know, and every day as time goes on, maybe it's a little bit easier to get through the day. That's my own personal feeling, but, um, you know, I've never lost a a child, thank God. And, uh, you know, it's 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 something that's unnatural. So uh, I don't think you ever get over it. Is the point? But what you guys—it was like divine intervention, whatever put you guys there—that uh, was really, really uh, the turning point of the whole case. And I guess the word is thank you. That's all I could say. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> you know, Kyle. Well, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. We just,
4: we just did what we thought needed to be done. And at the end of the day, anybody can do this. You know, if there's, if you see something, say something, and you have no idea how much that one little bit of something can help somebody else. We're not special. We're just average everyday people that did the right thing. And other people can be that too.
2: Well said. Well said.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that people do the right thing uh, hundreds of times a day across this country, you know, and they don't get credit for it. People that the good people, they don't get the notice. The, the bad people get all the notice, you know. But uh, I want to play a little bit of your of the video when you, uh, at least your cameras spotted this, our van, and then you know at some point when you reviewed the footage, it's when you knew that this was the van. I'm gonna play a little bit of this. we to find a spot
3: on this bumpy pass road. Yeesh.
1: <laughs>
3: See what happens. That's a pretty good road, it's just got big river rock in it. Hurry up! Hurry up! <laughs> the fridge. <please>. The fridge. <laughs>
4: Shut you Can't
3: do this.
2: Guys, when you were filming this video, this was not intentionally. The camera was left on. Is that what I'm understanding?
4: Yep, they, he forgot to turn the GoPros off
3: after he said his wow. little thing.
2: Wow,
1: those GoPro cameras are amazing cameras, too. They really are.
3: Yeah, they—they, they, you know, that's a huge part of our audience. They love, you know, this angle that we do. Um, so I try to do it quite a bit on our travel days.
1: It's amazing. There's the van. Wow. I mean, when you reviewed the uh, footage, did you know right away that that was the van?
3: Yeah. When she came in, to, it was late. I mean, like, you know, when she came in late there, night. she told me, oh, somebody had just tagged me in the, you know, in Gabby Petito stuff. At that point, we, you know, we were just like everybody else. We've heard about it. And uh-huh. they said, oh, we changed the time. And as soon as she said that, you know the spread creek and that day that van popped back into my mind because i remember seeing it being from florida and, and i knew instantly it was it i remember the black wheels the the black ladder on the back you know it, it, it i just knew instantly
2: did it seem and out I, of place uh kyle did it seem out of place i no, mean didn't it really did and
3: i mean you know that area there you know it's all it's federal land it's what they call blm land so it's basically open for what they call dispersed camping so you can pretty much park anywhere off that road there and stay up to 14 days. So, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, I, they were right off the road, which is kind of odd, maybe a little bit, but, it, you know, not enough have. to think, oh, my <laughs> gosh, I wonder why they're
2: doing that. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at. Would it be, it would be out of the ordinary for somebody to be so, parked so close to the road, though?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, maybe we, we thought maybe they, because it didn't look like it was really much going on, you know, maybe they just pulled off there to have dinner or there was something right. to grab a bite to eat or just relax. Um, because yeah, I mean, it was, you know, what you had the front of the vans, like five foot off the road. So it's kind of not the most common place you would see it, but, um, not enough to really strike a huge, you know, oh my gosh, that's, that's way out of place.
2: What time of day was it when this
1: video was taken?
4: I would say about six, between six to six
3: 15. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere around that. All
1: right. Uh, someone in the chat wants to know where the van is right now. The van is uh, evidence. I would imagine yeah. it's either invoiced by the FBI or the police in uh, Brian Laundrie's town, Northport, is that was the name of the town? Yes, yeah, part of Florida. I would imagine they have the uh, van. It's being held as evidence. At some point, it'll probably be released to Gabby Petito's family because they won't, they don't need it anymore as evidence. But they'll make that decision probably at a later date. Now, uh, when you, um, when you spotted this van on the GoPro camera, did you immediately know? where that was like how to get back to where it was
3: yeah that, that i'm not very good at many things in life i have a photographic memory of De- when i'm driving and destinations like i could point it out on a map you know it's just but yeah absolutely because i mean the tetons are a very memorable place you know it's that's absolutely an amazingly gorgeous area so yeah i mean it sticks out in my head real well
1: yeah it's well, actually an incredibly beautiful area. And I mean, oh, you absolutely. could see this whole uh, this whole area is just you know green and lush, and then there's other parts of the park that are not so much like that, right?
3: right. yeah, I mean, and directly behind this is you can see the peaks of the Grand Tetons, but yeah, it's just a beautiful area. There's like I said, the river rivers over to the left there. Um, you know, and this is a free place to camp. That's why it's so. You know, appealing to people because you can just pull off and camp for free. You know, and the weather's nice enough; you don't have to run heat or to run air. So it's just a really nice area to you know to camp.
1: But how about electricity? What do you do for electricity?
3: We have solar on our bus, and we have a lithium battery system. So we we don't really know if we have power or not. We you know we're we're, we're plugged in or not. Um,
1: well, but you I guys agree. Like you me. guys agree. <laughs> you guys are green energy geeks. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. In a 40 year old bus. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. That's
2: amazing. What led you guys to be going through the park on that day and that time? Was there, like, give us a little background on earlier that day? Like, what? how did you guys wind up there?
4: So it was a complete chance that we were there. We were literally in the Tetons for 12 hours. That was it. Uh, we had just left a uh, rally with other full-time families, and we were going to go a different route, but one of the families said, no, you've got to go camp in Spread Creek, drive through the Tetons, and camp there for the night. So we were like, okay, because we fly by the seat of our pants so often, we um, just decided let's go over here for the night and see how it goes, and that's how we ended up there by complete chance.
3: Yeah, we, we were in Island Park, Idaho, which is right outside of Yellowstone. Um, So we were originally going to go up north and go up through Montana and then through Wyoming because we were headed back to South Dakota. And like she said, we actually broke down that morning. I don't know if it shows it.
4: In In the video, yeah. One of the
3: videos, yeah. We actually broke down that morning. Um, So we had to fix the bus and we ended up going down south uh we i didn't want to do tea time pass because it's a very scary not something i want to drive on so we went like an hour out of the way and then came up through jackson and then went into spread creek and um you know we just we like she said we were only there for a day and we just wanted to i just wanted to see it
2: when it's you amazing. say broke down what exactly what, would you get like a flat tire or something or <laughs>
3: i have a uh it's a five-speed manual transmission and uh one of the cl- the, uh, the shifter linkages came loose, so I had to crawl up under there and reconnect it.
1: <laughs> I, w- I would have been like triple A. <laughs> yeah.
3: It, it, and it had to do it in one of the most desolate rural areas in the country. Like, there was no one around. So I'm thankful I've been you know lucky enough to learn how to work on this thing because we would have been in trouble. We probably would have spent the night there if I didn't know how to fix it.
1: Wow. That's amazing. So let me ask you something. Let's get a little bit back to the Gabby Petito case. Uh, Now, obviously, this was an international case, but you guys are not international in the way that you're following social media and television and all that stuff. So did you hear about this case on social media? How did you become apprised of it?
4: We first heard about it on social media, and the original timeline that came out, We weren't even in the Tetons yet, so we didn't even think about it. Um, You know, they were saying the 20th through the 25th, and we hadn't even gotten there until the 27th. You know, we came in at like 5.36 o'clock on the 27th and left at 9 a.m. on the 28th. So, like, that's how short of a time span we were there. So, we didn't even think that we could possibly have any footage from it.
3: But, but I think, like, everybody, you know, in in our community, we, you know, we'd heard about it, you know, because it's close to home. And I, there's several people on TikTok, you know, you know, talking about it. So, I, you know, I think we, we kind of had, you know, the interest because it was part of our community. She was one of us.
1: Right. Absolutely. You know, I had been to a couple of weeks ago, maybe like three weeks ago now. I was in the Kahachi Preserve. Uh, I was visiting my sister in Fort Myers, and then I went to Sanibel Island. I said, let me take a – I was, you know, we're covering the story. I said, let me take a ride there. And a beautiful, beautiful area, but I was like, oh, my God, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, go into dark places unless I'm strapped with at least a nine, and I didn't have anything on me, you know. <laughs> I was worrying about alligators and all these crazy animals. That you know, people say they're showing you videos of those wild pigs. You yeah. know they actually have those. I was like, oh my god, I don't think I want to walk in here by myself. You know, have it's you guys been that there? Bad. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. That,
3: yeah, that yeah. part of Florida is you know that's a wild part of Florida still. Once you get south, you know, you start getting down toward the Everglades. There's a, there's a lot of nothing in that part of Florida. So yeah, you got alligators, they got snakes, you know, you got the wild hogs. Um, yeah, Yeah, uh, I don't
2: want to, they say the wild hogs will run away from you though. Is that correct? Or
3: they typically, I think are pretty, you know, they're pretty scared as long as you, yeah, as far as I know, they will.
1: Okay. Jen, do you walk into the preserve with a, a buck knife in your teeth?
3: i
4: should i probably should we uh, we used to go hog hunting a lot when we lived in florida and i was out there in my boots and with the kids and we're chasing after hogs
3: and it, it's, it's wow. not too bad
1: they're pretty scary looking animals though and they oh, they, 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 they,
3: they yeah i mean they've got yeah. this huge uh those huge tusks tusks on the front too uh yeah
2: they can do some damage
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're
2: supposedly very. Uh, I have a relative that hunted wild boar, and they're supposedly all muscle. They're very solid, yeah. And uh, they generally won't attack unless they're threatened or they're cornered or whatever. But they, yeah. they were saying how they have those big tusks, and if they gore you with that, uh, they ain't letting go. You yeah.
3: Know?
2: So yeah, you know, initially when when Brian had gone missing, and uh, you know, uh, Bill and I, we were saying uh, our opinions on what we thought had happened. Initially, we thought he was suicidal, and then we thought he wasn't. And then as it turned out, it looks like he was. But we were quite concerned that maybe these animals had gotten him too. You know, the wild boars, the snakes, the alligators, all of that. But I I think they pretty much labeled it a suicide, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm sure there's more to come out regarding that because, uh, you know, we don't know if the gun was ever recovered. They just found uh very little remains look like the skull and there was a bullet wound in the uh in the skull were surmising that uh you know and i guess there were some uh autopsy reports but uh yeah so that was uh, that was one of the things that we were thinking that the uh the animal life the habitat could have uh, been what caused his demise but uh it looks like i guess, and there may even be a note attached to uh his notebook that was found in his backpack yeah. so I guess we'll find out going forward.
1: Folks, this is uh Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories. Uh if you guys um aren't subscribed to us, please go on our YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, uh give us a thumbs up, ring that bell. We're going to take you on many, many adventures with us and I'm so happy that Ken and um that Ken Kyle well, and Jen. Jen Ken Kyle and Jen Bethune agreed to come on the show because I Bill, thought, Bill did four shows today. I this is my fourth little show little. today, so I'm like uh,
2: wow. Uh,
1: yeah, and I'm a little mad. bit. I'm a little bit tongue-tied twa- right now, and yeah, I was going to.
2: That's
1: a lot. I was going to bring an interpreter on because I didn't know if you'd be able to understand our New York <laughs> accents either. You know, I thought but, you were uh,
3: tired, man. That's a lot of. A lot I, of I, I am,
1: but you know, what, I'll tell you what happened. I do a, a show in the morning called Coffee with Canon. and I usually do it from out in my yard, or as the Brits say. You're in your garden. Yeah. That's you old, it's called the garden. And so I, I did, decided to do it inside. And then I played a little cut of a video and I got hit with a copyright thing. And they actually yeah. shut me down. They shut my video down. And that never happened to me before. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm thinking that, you know, they may penalize my channel. So um, I called duty, Ron. He goes, Oh, see if you can go on again. So I went on again, but on my phone from outside this time, and I, I got I got on. So that was number two, and then we were supposed to do a show at six, and we did that. And then we already had you guys booked, so this is my fourth show of the wow.
3: day.
1: Yeah, so I'm a busy, little busy. a little crazed Take the right best now, for but
3: last, though, right?
1: that's right, that's right. <laughs> I was looking forward to having you guys. You know, with your You're not our typical guest, but you really, I was really looking forward to meeting you guys because I, well,
3: thanks for having us.
1: I did get, yeah, I did get very emotional one time when we were talking about you guys and almost what people have referred to as the divine intervention of putting you guys in the right place at the right time to find this poor girl and to give somewhat, at least finding her remains, to give somewhat closure to her family that at least they had something to bury and to have finality that way. Think about
2: it, Billy. Think about it. They had the breakdown of the car. They were going to go in a different direction. Other campers told them, no, go this direction. And then the camera gets left on by accident. I mean, if that's not a sign of divine intervention, I don't know what is. And uh, I just, it kind of leaves you speechless. And I believe in that. I really do. So uh, thank you guys again. That was uh, really something. And it's, it's amazing how these, uh, different things that occurred, put you down that road at that time, because we don't know how long that van was there. That van could have been there for a short period of time. You know, uh, we don't know when the exact, uh, thing took place, but, uh, yeah, it, whatever it was, put you guys in that direction at that time. And, uh, it was really the pivotal part of the whole investigation.
1: Jacob Slavens asked, did, um, Roberta and Chris, um, Laundry put $20,000 into a bank account for um for their son to take off. I don't know that. The, the investigators would know that because they would probably check their bank records and that type of thing. But, you know, many things that we hear about, like in the chat, and a lot of it's rumor. And I never s- confirm it unless I know it was put out there, you know, by a reliable source. I'm sure you guys get rumors all the time, especially mm-hmm. when you're on the air. People will say, oh, did you hear that this happened? You're, no, I didn't. I'm not going to put it out there till I can verify it, you know. So yeah, I think I think so, you guys should win. You guys should win a new mobile home. You yeah. know, you should go on one of those channels where they said, and and Kyle and Jen Bethune just won a two hundred fifty thousand dollar mobile home. That would be that would I be mean, so nice. I
4: take it, but I who wouldn't <laughs>
1: take it, right, oh, girl? Because you have your adopted son, Duty Ron, now. So you're going to need a bigger mobile home, you know? It's,
4: he can be adopted grandpa, and then we'll get a that's, whole lot more date nights because we'll just stick the kids with Duty Ron all the time. That
1: sounds right. That's right. Like that's right. People you, people can, people you can have a, a live-in babysitter, right?
2: Sounds good to me. Yeah.
1: Chris Thomason says, hey, boys, just want to thank you all for having these wonderful folks on tonight. If you didn't believe after this, you must. God bless you all. Chris and Rick from Chicago, thank you so much. And we do believe, uh, and we do believe in the power of prayer too. And absolutely. I know sometimes that's not popular these days, where there's a lot of heathens out there. But I'll say it, you know, come get me. You don't like it? You want to step to this shit? All right, you know. <laughs> so I, I believe in the power of prayer, and uh, I think that in this instance it was working, you know, and it was definitely uh, you had a little angel on your shoulder, both of you know.
4: Oh, absolutely. You know, something that really humbled me. Is now in all of our videos, at the end of our video, we feature a different missing person. And yes. so we'll spend about 60 minutes. We put their picture up on their missing 60 minutes, 60 seconds. And we put their picture up there and talk about them. And so many people never come home. Yeah, Like some of these cases because we asked everyone i created missing at red white and bethune.com and uh, we asked people to send in the, these missing posters and some of them have been missing for 20 years and they've never gotten any closure and for me like that just absolutely breaks my heart because i had no idea that that many people went missing and are never found
1: yeah no, it happens uh every single day we were in the uh the police business myself for 27 years, Phil for like 21, 22. And we've seen many, many missing persons. And we've, uh, we searched for missing persons. We've searched for kidnapped persons. Uh, you know, we've unfortunately found out there were times where missing persons became homicides and we had yeah. to tell families. So we've been through all of this stuff and, uh, we know the, the best part of life, the happiest parts, but we also seen the worst, you know, and, uh, that puts some of the, um, the wrinkles on my face a little bit, you know, and Phil too. (laughs) You Uh, you know, Billy, there's been like
2: so many times uh, when I was a detective in the detective squad, Uh, runaways, it counts as a missing person. It's a runaway. It's a kid that runs away. They report the missing. And we had a group home. I worked in Coney Island in the 6-0 precinct. We had a group home within Coney Island. So a lot of times if kids were getting placed, they were getting removed from their families, they would get sent over there. And the person that ran it, uh, Dovey Turner was her name. Uh, she didn't lock the doors like, in other words, she would lock them. But if a kid wanted to leave, she let them leave if they were teenagers or whatever, and then she'd have to report them missing. And it kind of became routine is the point I'm trying to make. But then, like you said, Jen, there are all those people that they get reported missing and they're never found. Sometimes it could be, uh, God forbid, a uh, a homicide. It turns into a homicide or it's a homicide victim. And then there were times when people just take off and uh, for different reasons. So, But uh, that one or two that uh, they're really missing. And if you put a picture up like that and they could be found, I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, It's fabulous that you guys did what you did with regard to Gabby Petito. Even though she wasn't found alive, it's still... Uh, you know, I stressed it before, I'm going to stress it again. It was probably the most important part of the whole investigation, so uh, that's great work that you guys are doing. Thank you so much, and and I love that idea of uh, putting up a different missing person at the end of uh, your episodes and uh, talking about them for 60 seconds or so. It's almost like uh, a version of America's Most Wanted, for yeah, right in a
1: way, it is. You're right, yeah. Teresa Bierman. Thank you so much for the 999 super chat. All I know is Gabby wouldn't have been found as quickly if it weren't for the Bethunes. Bless Thank you guys. You. Or maybe not at all. I was just going to say that, Billy. Maybe no. not at all because, you know, I don't know what was left of her remains and it wasn't a full body, but, uh, you know, much more time would have went by than might not have found her at all, you know. So you talk about divine intervention, that's it. And, uh, you know, God, God is on our side sometimes, you know.
2: Yeah unfortunately uh it wasn't to be that she would be found safe but uh the amount of media retention in this case and i think i've spoke about this before where uh it was like people kind of fell in love with the all american girl so to speak and i think the video of the interaction with the police when they had that dispute on august the 12th uh I think that really showed her at a great disadvantage. She was so upset, and it just made people want to reach through the television screen or whatever it was you were watching her on, and and try to help her, you know. And I think that's why it caught so much uh, international attention. That's my opinion. Uh, you know, there was people that say, you know, there's other missing persons that are, don't get as much attention. I think every real missing person like Gabby Petito should get uh, an onslaught of uh, media retention because that really, really, I mean, if it wasn't for the media attention on this case, you guys wouldn't have known about it and gone back and looked into the video and found that van. So, yeah. uh, but there was just, there was just something special about the whole case. If you know what I mean, it just, it, it really touched everybody uh, in the first couple of days, Bill and I decided to do it. And within a few days, when we put it up on on, the, on YouTube, everybody I knew was talking about it. And I'm not talking about that they saw it on our show. They were talking about it just in general. People were constantly talking about it and bringing it up. And I would say, yeah, we did a couple of shows on our podcast about it. So it was like everywhere. And and I guess that's what led to, uh, to the successful, not successful yeah. with regard to her life, successfully finding where she was.
1: One hundred percent bite me. Thank you for the $20 super chat. I love your screen name. Bite me is a great screen name to have. Don't let anyone take that from you. Uh, thank you for getting Gabby home. And and that's uh, uh, the Bethunes, the red, white and Bethunes are, are more responsible for that than anyone. One of the things that maybe this case did uh, that maybe will help people in the future is it shined a spotlight on domestic violence. For
0: sure. And.
1: It wasn't a hundred percent clear. Maybe a lot of people have twenty twenty hindsight, and they said, "Oh, I knew right away that was domestic yeah. violence," you know. And you don't know until you shine a spotlight on it. And of course, we all know what happened, and this was a tragic, tragic thing that occurred. And now, you know, they, see, we we we've been cops, you know, twenty seven years, twenty two years, and every time something goes wrong, the police do something wrong, the politicians and the public says, they need more training. You know what I mean? That's that's always the answer. They need more training. But cops don't have a crystal ball. No. They don't, They can take certain indicators and do things. And, and I said right from the beginning, I thought that the um, those cops did a pretty good job. However, I didn't know about the phone call saying that he had slapped her. Had I known that, I would have changed my... Yeah. Uh, someone would have got arrested at that scene with the Moab police, either her or both of them, maybe both of them. And would that have prevented the murder? I don't know because the murder didn't happen till like, I think 12 days later, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, you know, we could say someone should have been arrested. Maybe both of them should have been arrested. Maybe that would have got them separated. Maybe they would have split up and went their separate ways. Who knows? But, you know, you can't say for sure that would have prevented the, the homicide. Yeah. There
2: there are a few things that came out of that interaction that I think are going to wind up being a positive going forward. Maybe it's the silver lining in the dark cloud, but um, you know, th- those offices did separate them. As we know, uh, she went in- into the van and stood in the van overnight. He went to a hotel. They actually checked him in. Now someone brought up, uh, it was um, uh, Gisela, She said uh, maybe they should have checked on them the next day or even asked the question, do you feel safe? I think that might've been key. We don't know if it was asked. I mean, we watched most of the interaction with the Moab police, but I think she made a really great point when she said if, if someone's in that situation, they might be afraid to say that they don't feel safe. Yeah. So asking that question might be key. So these are the takeaways that we'll have from, uh, from this incident. Now, I am sure that those officers in Moab feel terrible about what the final outcome was. But I really don't think that they did anything wrong. They went the extra mile. If it was the NYPD in New York City, they probably would have gotten a five or 10-minute interaction with the police and either sent on their way or an arrest would have been made. I'm not going to call it one way or the other. But uh, they really did spend time. They tried. I don't think that uh, they should feel guilty, those guys. But uh, if they had a do-over, I'm sure they would have done it differently. And again, Bill, you made the greatest point. We don't know if... 15 days later when she was killed, we believe she was killed on the 27th. If that would have, uh, an arrest in that situation and then overnight in jail and then out the next day, we don't know what would have happened. Probably they would have hooked up and they would have went on their way. We don't know for certain if that would have prevented it, but, uh, let's try and look at the situation and maybe, uh, have, uh, a better understanding of domestic violence going forward. We got to try and learn from it, I guess is the point. And, uh, I think that, uh, that's probably what's going to happen. And those couple of good points to maybe have checked on them the next day to see how they were doing. And, uh, it, it does seem like as time went out of, uh, on from that incident, that, uh, things really spiraled out of control based on the, uh, incident that happened earlier on the 27th at that restaurant. So it, it, you know, he was described as being enraged and, uh, out of control and all of that. So things probably accelerated and, uh, I think that there was a a, it's a safe bet to say that there was probably some domestic violence and controlling issues between the two of them, you know, on on Brian's side. So uh, but uh, all we could do is hope and pray that it doesn't happen again. And uh, if Gabby's uh, up in heaven and maybe she could just bless us all and uh, know that we're thinking about her. And I can't even imagine my heart goes out to the family, uh, especially being in the holiday season that they don't have their daughter. It's uh, it's going to be a tough one for them, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely, uh, Julia Haran asking, "Do you feel safe?" is much better than asking, "Are you okay?" I heard that somewhere, and I love it. I think you're right. I think that's a good thing to uh, to ask someone, and you know, to not be super critical of the Moab police. As I said, they they seem to have spent about an hour at that scene. Yeah, yet they were it's heavily over now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they were heavily criticized for their uh, response because. Of course, everyone that's not a cop is a crystal ball and can, pr- <laughs> can, can predict what happened or what is going to happen if the what they consider p- to be the proper actions uh, weren't taken. And, uh, you know, I, I thought they were very professional. And, of course, something bad happened, so let's, contem- let's condemn the police. And, you know, when yeah. the police are wrong, I will say it, but I didn't think they were uh, wrong in this well- instance
4: you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. everybody looking introspectively now can pick out all these things, but in the moment you can only do with what you have. And I feel like they did the best they wow. could with the information they had. And I have a saying that you can't fix the past, but you can change the future. So you can learn from things mm-hmm. that have happened in the past in order to be able to change
2: the future for everybody.
1: One hundred percent. That's a Billy, good, I just uh, want
2: to make one more point about that. Now, being in law enforcement my whole adult life, Billy, you as well, uh, what we know and what we're trained about domestic violence, those offices followed it to the to the letter of the law. They separated them. They got a yeah. statement from her. They got a statement from him. They actually looked up the statute uh, in their uh, in their procedures to see if it met the uh, The threshold for an arrest. So, I mean, looking at it uh, and not knowing what the outcome would have been, I would say that they did 100 percent what you would do normally in in any domestic violence uh, case based on your training. Now, again, it's easy to say it at this point that you know people criticized they knew what the outcome was, but uh, they really, I think, you know, every training that I had on domestic violence. Uh, they really, they followed it through the proper way, in my opinion.
1: Yes, Amber Buck, uh, your your comment was they knew there was a 911 call that they hadn't heard yet, but made their choices without hearing it. Uh, other than that, they did really good. Yeah, I agree with you, Amber, and I wasn't aware of that call either. And I've gone to hundreds of domestic violence, and I was a boss, so I was a sergeant, so the buck stopped with me. So when cops wanted to let the... Uh, primary aggressor go, I would say no, <laughs> no, put handcuffs on him or her and take a, you know, you, the buck stops when the boss gets on the scene because if something goes wrong, all those cops are saying, oh, Sarge, you would have to make an arrest. They're like, Sergeant Cannon was there. He said to do this and do that when it goes <laughs> wrong, you know. When it goes right, you know, Sergeant Cannon did the right thing. But when you don't do the right thing, they're the first ones pointing at you. I've yeah. experienced that too, you know. It's in, in police parlance, it's called shit canning a job. And if you shit can a job, that means you don't want to do it properly. And I used to say ad nauseum in Roll Call. I would say, guys, I was a cop too, and I know what shit canning a job is. You want to shit can a job? Be my guest. But if you call me to the scene, guess what? It's being done by the numbers. It's being done by the book. Shit canning is over once I get to the scene. So don't call me you know you want to shit can it don't call me to the scene these guys would call me to the scene and then say oh try to shit can and i said no nah, no more shit canning because i'm here <laughs> you
4: know yeah it's like when the kids get into arguments and fights on the bus that were like mom they did this i'm like do you really want me to come in there like do you really want to disturb me right now and make me come in there like no, we'll
1: work it out. <laughs> right, right. That that's a good analogy. You're right. That's exactly it, you know. Or or else the the other one is the trick of uh mom said no, ask dad. Yeah. Or dad said no, ask mom, right? My and,
2: kids are famous for that. And when that happens, you <laughs> want to strangle
1: you want to strangle them, right?
2: Yeah. You know, Billy, I want to bring up a quick story about domestic violence. Now, um, in this case, obviously they went we thought uh, the Moab police, they went above and beyond. They did what we thought was the proper thing and it turned out bad, but I had a case one time. Uh, I was working a day tour on father's day. I come in in the morning, I pick up the the cases and I see a domestic violence that, uh, this woman was claiming that she was, uh, you know, threatened that he was going to come and kill her if uh, he didn't get to see the kids. Bah, 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 it's Father's Day. And no sooner did I get to my desk and I put the cake down, the phone ringing. It's the woman. And she's telling me, oh, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me. And she goes, you better bring a lot of guys with you. I'm like, what do you mean? And I look at the description. The guy's six seven, two seventy five, And she's telling me what an animal he is. He's this, he's that. So I grab my partner. And I'm like, look, we got to go right out on this. We go out. We wind up knocking on the door. The guy couldn't have been more cooperative. The guy said, listen, guy, I'm telling you, she's just doing it to spite me. She didn't want me to have the kids on Father's Day. And as it turned out, once we dug into it, the guy was a sweetheart. He, He came without even raising an eyebrow. He was arrested. He spent Father's Day in jail. And the more research and the more investigating we done into the case, it was true what he said. Now we didn't really have a choice because there was an order for order of protection involved. And she was making these allegations and there was really no way to uh unsubstantiate what she was saying. You know, it was threats over the phone and stuff like that. So it, it does work both ways is my point. And uh in that case it turned out that she was a real bad drug user. She was a heroin addict and it was just a bad situation. And this poor guy wound up spending father's day in jail. But uh, who knows, you know, I mean, it could have went the other way too. Had he not? I don't think so. My opinion is that uh, he really was not the aggressor in it. She was, but uh, you know, so it, it does go both ways. That's the point.
1: Michelina Serino, uh, I survived domestic violence. I saw the red flags in the body cam videos. Don't think arresting them would have mattered. No order of protection will protect us. I'm lucky to be alive at police off the cuff. Well, Micholina, we're, we're happy that you are alive. We're happy that you got through that. Uh, it's a horrible thing, domestic violence and yeah. it, to live through it and live in a situation like that. Uh, it's a horrible thing, you know, and it's, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole theories to all of that stuff. Uh, A lot of times people that um, are victims of domestic violence, they get away from their abuser and then they meet, they meet someone exactly like the guy they just left. You know, it's, there's a psychology to it and I've seen that also. And I'm not blaming anybody, but there is a psychological condition where you seek out the same type of person that does that, you know, and it's, it's, it's
2: it's
1: just crazy. So where are you guys going to next? That's after, after the eight days are over, You pick up the three kids where you where you off to next
4: so we're actually going to be spending a little bit more time at kyle's parents house and uh about the middle of january then we'll start making our way out of florida so we will uh be headed on out middle of january we're still going to bounce around florida end of march is when we'll be headed up to the east coast we're going to be doing the northeast in late spring early summer so, we told Duty Ron, don't be surprised if a big blue bus pulls up in front of your yard.
1: <laughs> We're said, camping in your in. yard, Duty Ron. We brought tents. We're going to camp in your yard. <laughs> yep.
4: yep. We'll be camping in the yep. yard, Duty Ron. But yeah, that's, the, that's the plan for this spring summer. We're going to kind of be up in the Northeast, and we want to spend next winter in Baja, Mexico. Wow. So, yeah, we'll just be laying on the beach, getting fat and happy, eating fish tacos all day.
1: You know, now, do you, do you guys thing. ever have any fear of traveling anywhere or through anywhere or uh, any bad experiences relative to that?
4: No. I mean, honestly, other than finding the van, that's been the craziest thing that's happened to us on the road as far as safety is concerned. Because, like, that was kind of freaky knowing that that the van was there and we were in the same spot that night. Um right. but other than that it's really peaceful out here. We've never had any problems. No, I mean,
3: you know, common sense is a big factor. You know, you you kind of got to, you know, make good decisions on your, you know, what's between your ears. Um but yeah, like she said, we've you know, we've been Chicago, we've been, you know, LA, we've been all over the place. So, I mean, we've been in some of the rougher cities in the country and we've never felt unsafe once.
1: You know, Phil and I call certain locations in New York City we ask is that a one clip or a two clip location. <laughs> Uh, it's real bad you got to bring two clips (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) but that's great you know phil i think we're we're at like an hour and four minutes and this is my fourth show of the day (laughs) yeah and uh phil last last words last words
2: kyle and jen bethune of red white and bethune thank you so much it was just an honor it was a pleasure to meet you guys uh we were so we were so plugged into that Gabby Petito case. And, uh, thank you again for coming on. Uh, you guys did something really, really good. Uh, it'll always be with you. I think Gabby's spirit will always be with you guys. And, uh, as tough as it is to have a good holiday around, uh, you know, tragedy like this, let's hope and pray for the families yeah. and, uh, stay healthy and happy guys. And, uh, God bless you. Thank
3: you.
1: And uh, Kyle and Jen, it was uh, my privilege to meet you guys. It was, uh, it was a great thing that, uh, you know, duty run. I said, oh, can I get their, their contact? Oh, yeah, you give me their contact number, I said, because uh, I wanted to meet you right around when it happened. I just thought I was really uh, uh, touched by it, and I still am. And, I mean, it, it was an amazing thing, and everyone that followed this case obviously knows who you guys are. And I really sort of – I would never want to do what you guys are doing because – I like to be grounded in like one place, but I admire what you're doing. You know what I mean? I think I would last maybe like the eight days that you're in Isla Morada. <laughs> and I'd be like, get me in a house somewhere where I could just be in there and not be yeah. traveling around, you know? But I mean, it's it's an, It's an almost like being an army brat, you know? And it's always seemed like kids that travel all over the world, they were so grounded because yeah. they weren't afraid of anything. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. they changed schools every six months and they were all over the world and and it really I think it benefited them when they became adults because not they weren't afraid of anything and it's pretty yeah. amazing you know
4: it it makes them resilient for sure but yeah I think, think
1: I think your kids will be resilient your kids yeah. will definitely be resilient you know but what an I adventurous thank life you guys,
4: too especially Phil and Bill for your service of twenty two and twenty seven years that you put in you police officers are so underrated you guys are absolutely phenomenal I could not do what you guys did and thank you for that and thank you for having us on we're just a real dumpster fire and we just <laughs> love life
1: that's fantastic and I hope you continue to have great luck and to enjoy your life and go on this adventure because it's an, and I hope you have a hundred thousand subscribers by 2022.
4: We
1: hope so too. That'd be good. I know. Nice. Duty Ron Duty run did it. We could do it too. You know.
4: Yeah.
1: I just got. I, yeah, I just got to write. I just got to write more jokes and stuff. You know. And uh, I got to. Uh, I got to get Philly to, to – to. we just did a, a show on how to make spaghetti sauce. Yeah, I got to get Phil to, to come up with some more recipes, you know, that we could put <laughs> out there. And maybe they'll be like, Phil, straight out of Brooklyn, there's a great veal parmesan, veal parmesan hero recipe. And people are going to tune in and go, oh, my God, Phil's got a veal parmesan hero recipe. We're tuning in. Yeah. That's the next one, Billy, the veal parmesan. That's the next one. We did the sauce. Now we do the veal pom. 100%. Oh, my gosh. So, guys, all uh, uh, all you Police Off the Cuff fans, all you Red, White, and Bethune fans that tuned in, thank you so much for watching. And everyone out there, be safe. And uh, Jen and Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Good night, everybody.
3: Yeah, thanks. Merry thank Christmas to you guys.
2: You. Merry you Christmas too. and stay safe. And our brothers and sisters in blue, be safe out
0: there. One just